Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit iloveSCBC.org. So today I want to talk about money and possession. Okay? And I entitled today's message, Jesus is teaching about money and possessions. Do you know Jesus has a lot to say about money and possessions? Do you know that? Um, about 15% of everything that he taught, his teaching, was related to money and possessions. Okay, that's a lot more teaching than heaven and hell combined. 16 out of 38 parables, what are the parables? That's what Jesus Christ is teaching using daily life. 16 out of 38. We're concerned with how you deal with your money and possessions. And one of 10 verses in the Gospels. Four Gospels, Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Talks about money and possession. There are about 23,000, little over, verses in those four Gospels. So there are over 2,000 verses directly talks about the dealing with the money possessions. Whereas there are about 500 verses um, on the subject of prayer, less than 500 on the subject of faith. You get the point, right? You get the point. Jesus Christ is saying that money and possession is important. And which reminds me of my school um, you know, exam and test. And it was uh, 1980s, I was, a, I was a middle school student, so you can assume the, my age. Um, and, and my middle school, it's not like you get a poor card, you know, with all this alphabetical grade, A, A minus, B, no, you get exact score, okay? You took a math, you get two, three scores wrong, you get 92 or 91, okay? Not only you get the exact score from the subject, they'll also put total and make average, and they can give you the exact score of all the exams that you took. Not only they just do that, they also put in the score of the poor cards and all your rank. You're the number one, number two, number three, etc. I had about 50 students at the time in my classroom. Okay? And I was always the smarter side. I was always within the number three, if not number four. Because there's no way you can check out my score card, right? But I'm not lying. <laughs> but I was always in the smarter side. And you know how I study, prepare for exam? Whatever and whenever my teacher really focuses and keep repeating, right? Keep coming back to that topic and subject. Oh, I studied. You know, I got all this, you know, other materials. And I, you know, I, I underline with my pencil, pen, and then marker. So the point that you can't even read those anymore. That's how I studied. That's how I was always good, you know, my those exams. And I believe the same thing is applied. Jesus Christ is teaching us that money and possession is extremely, extremely important. This is something that we're not against, but this is going to help us extend the kingdom of God here. A lot of people think that Jesus Christ is against money and possession. That's not true. Those who are actually uh, promoting that, and they use this scripture, right? First Timothy chapter 6. Verse 10 and first part, it says, the money is the root of all kinds of evil. Does it really say that? No. What does it say that? It's a love of money. By the way, pistol doesn't work 
my mouse so you can just all right perfect all right so you see that for the love of money at the root of all kinds of evil so when you read a bible and when you encounter the money and possession I don't want you to think I don't want you to think that oh this is evil we have to be living small and we have to separate them we don't make we, have, we should not make more money that we need no you can make more money you can be a millionaire making money is not a sin keeping that money for your own self that is a sin okay so I hope that you understand in the bible it's not about Jesus Christ or money or possession. It's not about Jesus Christ versus money and possession. No, it is a Jesus Christ with the money and possession. It is a Jesus Christ and surrounded by the money and possession. This, is a, this has to work together. This has to go together. That's what we hope to see today. I know Jesus has a lot to say about the money and possession. I hope that you'll be able to have new perspective or attitude about this money and possession because if you are using them well, and it can free you up and extend the kingdom of God here on earth. If you don't, use it, if you don't know how to use them, it will destroy you so badly. Today's passage is taken from um, Matthew chapter 6, which is called the Sermon on the Mount. How many of you know the Sermon on the Mount? Okay. Sermon on the Mount is what? It's a Jesus Christ's master art of preaching that he prepared for 30 years if not 30 plus one years and this is pretty much his first but one of the best preaching <laughs> distraction speaking of distraction that's my daughter by the way so the sermon among really talks about from chapter 5 6 and 7 of the gospel of matthew and it begins with what? Beatitude, right? Blessed is the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. It talks about upside down value. It talks about really challenging you. Anything that you think is the most important on the earth, it will challenge you and make you upside down. It begins with all this doctrine and theology. How you should live and what are the important elements and things that you have to be hold on to. And when we get to the, today's passage, the middle and toward the end of this, you know, chapter 6, we're getting into the final section. Now, this is a great preaching, right? Jesus Christ talked and also unpacked this very important counterintuitive and countercultural, very radical um, preaching at the time. Now, he said, then, just apply this lesson to your life to see how the kingdom of God on earth looks like. Oh, you don't get it? Let me help you. And he was listing all this, very detailed, our day-to-day -day life, all the things that we're dealing with. And actually one of them is money and possession. No distraction. <laughs> this passage is talking about two ways to live. Very simple. This passage really clearly tells you there are only two ways. No threes, you know, no 2.5 ways. There are two ways, and you cannot have those two ways. Either one way or the other. Simple as it is. What are those two ways? First is what? Accumulating the treasures on earth. Ask yourself. The first way Jesus Christ is talking about is accumulating 
treasures on earth. Then what is the second way? Second way is accumulating treasures on heaven. Now it's simple. Isn't that so simple? I mean, even before me, you know, even going forward, you know what answer will be, right? What will be the answer? Exactly. Accumulating treasures in heaven. There are two ways. Now you have chosen one way, you know, that is the answer for sure. But my question is, why can't we live that way? We know the answer, right? We know this is the one way and so strict way. There is no other tempting way that perhaps we can go onto this earth. No. Why can't we follow that way? Now let's unpack a little bit. Let's talk about how we can accumulate the treasures of earth and what is the possible damage and problem. Read it all together. Do not store for yourself treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. It says, not store for yourself the treasures of earth. Straightforward. Don't do it. Don't leave yourself. Don't store up your treasures of earth. Here's the reason why. Where moth and vermin. What is a vermin? Destroy. And how the moth and vermin destroy? Let me unpack a little bit for you. Okay. Now, at the time, this precious and the treasure are usually composed of one of three. The first one is very expensive clothings. Okay? Um, those silk or very expensive, those in the fabric. Another one is grains in your barn, your food. And third one is precious metal. Okay? Now, does moth actually can destroy uh, you know, clothings or fabric? No, moth can. Cannot. But the baby moth can. Okay, called the lover. So what happened is when this moth flies, you know what moth is, right? And then lay on those eggs. When that eggs were hatched, and they become like a little tiny lava. And it just, you know, maneuver around the wools or fabric and clothing. And it starts it's because that's like protein for them. They love them. That's why it can be destroyed. Now how about this vermin? What does that vermin mean? It's a mice or a rat. Other translation also said rust. And Greek meaning of vermin is to chew, to eat. So imagine this a little, the, let's say the group or you know, army of mouse, okay, the mice or the rats that they're just you know, embedded into the barn. What happened? That doesn't take a while. So the barn is going to be destroyed. You know even precious metals, if you don't use it, it can get rusty. As I was kind of looking at and really meditating on those three precious and how they can get how how they can be destroyed, I find it's really fascinating. You know, whenever those who are used, it's not going to get destroyed. Whenever you wear that clothing, or whenever that you give that clothing to some other so that they can wear, or whenever they use those grains for yourself and more likely you others, whenever they use those precious metals, right? When that's being used, it's not going to get rusty. It's like the stagnant water has got rotten, can be corrupted, right? But this running and rolling stone it never moves. I believe that's the same thing. The reason that can be destroyed because, because of our greeting heart. You know, we just store, we just store because of our security. Oh, what if, what if, what if, I need this, I need that. I need this saving, I need this 401k, I need all this and college fund and everything. It's all about me and my family, us. The Bible is so clear about that. When you live that way, 
And you're as if living your life and storing your, your treasure on earth. And that can be destroyed. That can be destroyed. I know that some of you cannot relate. What? That precious metal and grain and those both? Let me give you a more 21st century version of this interpretation, okay? Now, how many of you like this Ford Explorer? Only me, okay? This is my dream car, you know? This is a huge and gigantic, and hopefully in 10 years, hopefully, we'll see. I don't know, you know, Grace, and hopefully that's the second one's coming. Not right now, in a few years. But given what Grace has been doing, I don't think we'll be ever dreaming to have a second one. It's been taking a lot, lots of time. That's a side though, anyway. So, think about that. You just got this new, or like newest version of Ford Explorer. You love it. You know, this metallic and shiny exterior. And when you just open the door and getting into the car, you can just smell this, this new car scent, right? I mean, I mean, can't you love this car, right? When you turn this ignition on, you can just hear this, mm, this, you know, roar sounds of engine, and you'll love it. And you'll say, oh, you know what? That car is a source of my joy. When you look at, look at the car, you have this happy, and you're the happiest person in the world. But it doesn't take all long. But it's a little tiny bird and flying and poop. Right? And that's what's on your car. And it, it doesn't take long. Some this careless person open their car and dent on your brain. You guys ever experienced that? That's like carrying your life, your flesh, right? And it doesn't take long. Somebody really, you know, keyed on your car. There are people like that, like evil. <laughs> and after a couple of years later, you will see that there are the newer model, the newer version, and now you are outdated. <laughs> you know what, what makes you, you know, least like about your car anymore? Because you're a car payment. You don't like it anymore. Your, your, your expectation is depreciating, depreciating. Your joy is also depreciating. But you still find out your bank account that they keep this withdrawing for next 36 months. And that's what really discouraging and you don't like it anymore, and that doesn't bring you joy. Does that make sense? And the gas. And the gas, yeah, that's, I don't know about the gas on that. And, and that is so true, right? And not only did Jesus Christ said that, Jesus Christ also said the word thieves break in and still, okay? It talks about not only this overtime depreciation that you don't like, you like less and lesser and lesser and lesser. No, it really talks about all it takes is just one shot. Just one shot. Think about that. It doesn't take long. I was driving yesterday on 93. There was a huge accident. The car was totaled. It takes one accident. Your car can be totaled. It takes one sickness. Your life is gone. Right? It takes one mistake and your relationship is gone. You see that? Everything that you try to save and store on earth and here, not only it keeps depreciating, not only it gives you less and less joy, and sometimes it can take everything, everything away. Now, then what's the lesson? Jesus Christ is saying, you got to have this view on accumulating the treasures on heaven. What does that mean? Right? This is a difficult part. We get it. We're, we're accumulating treasures on heaven. But what treasure? And how can we, you know, saving and storing and accumulating those in heaven? Ever thought about that? And here's a simple way. 
distributing, not accumulating. Okay? You can be millionaire, okay? You can make million, but live simple. <coughs> Don't just live on what you're earning, as if you have some expectation that need to do that. Now you're making a couple of millions. You have to be become you know, part of this country club. You have to drive a certain car. You have to wear a certain type of clothing. No. Make good money. Live simple. Why? Because you can use it or lose it. That's it. Great example is this. If you make your money and possession, use it for extending the kingdom of God. Okay? It will last forever. Let me go back to Ford Explorer because I love that car so much, okay? So let me try to give you another illustration to help you understanding on how to store these treasures in heaven. Now you get this new Ford Explorer, this great car, okay? Now you, that, that itself also brings you joy, but you know how to save, store up your treasures in heaven. While you're driving, you spot that there is a you know, pregnant woman got involved in an accident and bleeding. And you take the, the, the woman into your car and brought her to ER. And perhaps they can also leave stains, right? Doesn't matter, it's a letter, it's in between the letter, can still remain stains. You're using your car to really help out those orphanages, help out those seniors, those are in need. You know, bringing all the smelly vegetables or crops or harvest. Perhaps your Ford is from, you know, explore trunk is full of smells, right? And you're taking the children's or kids to going back and forth to your, 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 your church. And then they, they pencil on your inside of a seat. Right? They can do that. I mean, they can, they, can, they can poke your seat. Now, after three, four, five years, you look at your car and you saw this, the traces of blood. And you remember, I don't, I don't think you, oh, you know what, that girl, the pregnant woman. Let, no, I think that you'll find that, you know what, this car really saved a life. All this smelling, dents, or inside poke and pencil, these are great traces that I help people out. How many people are being fed? How many kids are being really living because of this car? This car being depreciated, but your, your, your joy is still there, right? Why? Because you store that on heaven. I think that that's what it means to store your treasure on heaven. And it kind of Great example is this here, that Luke chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. You can read it all together. But when you give a fish, invite the poor and cripple, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Isn't that so true? Here's a great way. Hey, this is a way that you can actually store those treasures on heaven. Make sure to work hard, make good money. Don't keep that in your account. You experienced that in 20, um, 2009 or 8 when the stock market crushed. Whole Dow Jones actually went down by 50% in a few months. Can you imagine that? That's the earthly world that we're living. No security. There is nothing that will last, it will be destroyed. But when you use your money, when you're your possessions to help out those who are in need, to bring them, and this process is clear, they may not pay you back, okay? They might not pay you back, but surely your treasure has been stored. 
and the kingdom of heaven by God. And this passage actually ends with this very um, interesting and provoking um, phrase. Can we do it all together? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I mean, our, you know, normal, probably the reasoning is exactly opposite, right? Think about the sequence. I mean, isn't that our hearts beat moved and touched first that we give, right? I mean, we got to at least have some, some feeling. And it's, it's not like that you give and, oh, you know what? I have a feeling that. No. You are motivated or led, encouraged, whatever that touched your heart, then you give. Then you share your treasure. But according to Jesus Christ, that's not how we live, right? We give our treasure first, amen? amen? It's not like you are reasoning, what if I give and how much money that I have in my account and then whether, I, whether or not I can live with it? No. Whatever the needs arise, right? That is the, the, led by the Holy Spirit that you give. And our God, who is full of giving and Jehovah's Jireh, will provide you. You ever experienced that? You know, whenever that you do not have enough, that there is a people or the group of people that are really needy, you'll help them out with your lust. And then experience this the fullness of this, just blessings are pouring into your family. This passage is also talks about treasure talks and heart follows. It's not like it's like a magnet also compass. Your treasure is like magnets. It's not like this evil thing. It is sacred thing in Christians' life. Make sure that you value your money. Make sure that you value your possessions. And use them for the right purpose. Let me finish by asking on this three question on who or what our hearts serving. Okay? And I hope that I can leave those three questions with you um, for the next three weeks. You can actually ponder upon them and hope you can also memorize them or write them down so that when you come on second Sunday of November, you will be able to be totally free and willing to store your treasure on heaven. And that can be reflected on your giving, your time and treasure and your talents as well. First question is this. Read it all together. What does my spending say about what makes me most happy? Think about that. The great example will be printing out your credit card statement. Okay? I mean, we don't really use bank account anymore, right? So make sure the credit, uh, you print out those multiple credit card statement and review them. Um, I know it will be painful, right? Oh, I made a stupid mistake. I should have bought this, but this sale. I know, I've done it, been there. But make sure to open the statements and to ask yourself, what does my spending say about what makes me most happy? Because we tend to spend money to bring us really joy, right? And I believe this is so true. If our joy is really coming up from God, our spending will show it. I'm not saying that you got to give to this church. No. But make sure that your spending will show that your love of God. Let me ask you this question. When I ask you to go back to your home and then go to online and just print out and check on your bank statement or credit card statement, and I ask yourself, is your past month's credit card statement has been reflecting your love, has been showing your love for God or for your kids, more of, or your house 
or your family or yourself? Ask yourself that question. The second question is this. Let's read it all together. Does my spending suggest that I'm collecting for the life to come? As I said, work hard. Be a millionaire. I don't think anyone is a millionaire in this church. But there are some potential. You know, young professional, they are going to be millionaire. Please, I'll pray for you. Become a millionaire. Make a lot of money, right? But you collect that money not for the life in here. Not treasuring, you know, your, your, your valuable money on earth. But you make money for the purpose of collecting for the life that is to come. That is kingdom of God. Last question that I'd like to ask you and leave that with you as I read it all together. Is my spending explicitly supporting the spread of the gospel? Now, gospel itself doesn't convert anyone. Okay? I mean, I'm sorry, not gospel. Money itself doesn't convert anyone. Gospel does, okay? Um, but money has a great power, right? If you are making money, and money can be used to really extend the kingdom of God a lot, think about that. All it takes is about 10, 20 bucks to help those who are in need, and in Asia or some parts in Africa, okay? Help them with their money, and also put the message of the gospel. Brothers and sisters, I'd like to finish my sermon. Um, I'll ask you these three questions, okay? Hold on to these three questions with you. Put that in. Not easy, but which was so true and straightforward. A lot of times we don't follow the lesson. And I believe there is because that we have this war going on between our desire and also our desire to God. So I ask in the name of Jesus, may you really empower all of us and guide us and lead us into the place that we can really make decision, that we can really have this freedom from our money and possession, so that we can use them to extend the kingdom of God here on earth. And all God's people said, Amen.